Welcome in to the B-Team episode of the Splitting Hairs podcast. We'll be coming out here every Thursday getting released to drop a little bit of Jackrabbit talk and you know nationwide talk on you here. My name is Brendan. I've been a big Jackrabbit fan for quite a while, attended the university for a couple of years. With me here is uh, my co-host, Ben. Ben, give him a little bit of talk about yourself here because I talk too much and can't talk right anyways. <laughs> My name is Ben Pearson. I'm a Jackrabbit alumni, graduated in 2010, uh, just a big Jacks fan overall. Go to all the football games, a lot of basketball games too, and uh, just excited to talk some Jacks football with you. Yeah, we just kind of got involved in this project because I've got a big mouth and mentioned something on the internet about uh, maybe kicking around doing a podcast myself, and Matt from Jackrabbit Illustrated jumped in and asked me uh, if I'd be interested in doing something since he was starting up his part with himself and Kyle Sheehan, the real experts on this whole thing. And uh, he kind of asked us if we wanted to do the same thing. Yeah, so I guess uh, Matt and Kyle are going to kind of be getting real in-depth on Jack's football. Um, Brandon and I will touch on Jack's football a little bit as well, but we'll also be touching on Missouri Valley football as a whole um, and then getting to a little more of the FCS scene overall to talking about some rankings and stuff and especially once it gets closer to the playoffs we'll get in kind of the national scene um, as it relates to jack rabbit football anyway right kind of uh, give some context to what happens in the seedings why people are ranked where they are and just a little bit of background for upcoming non-conference opponents we'll have in the next year so we know who are good teams coming and who aren't you know yeah hopefully we can just get get people a little more excited about jack rabbit football um, i know i'm excited uh, i wish the Wish the Jacks Gophers game was this week, but unfortunately, got to wait another week. So, Absolutely. to get us through, get us through the time, we'll uh, start off talking about uh, what Brendan and I think are the Jacks keys to a good season. Brendan, what do you what do you think is one of the keys for the Jacks to have a great season? Well, you know, I know everybody talks about the quarterback competition. Obviously, that's huge. You know, we've got Jabari Gibbs has pretty much been settled on. Sounds like as our starter. So that's kind of a big relief. I know everybody was dreading the um, dreaded two quarterback system, uh, but please don't right. do that. Yeah, well, somebody's got to <laughs> bring up the boogeyman, you know. So, <laughs> right. uh, everybody dreads the two quarterback system, so I think we all breathe a little sigh of relief um, when Jabori Gibbs got picked, and he's supposed to be the real deal. But I know personally, for me, the thing that's not been talked about so far is with the new quarterback coming in freshman especially going into an atmosphere like minnesota is the defensive line because we have a super young defensive backfield and are they going to be able to put enough pressure on that those guys are those young guys out there are going to have time to acclimate to what's going on out there because we're really going to live and die by not necessarily the amount of pressure that they put on but that's more how the whole defense is going to perform as a whole and if we're giving up 35, 40 points a game, we've got a freshman quarterback. Now you're putting a lot of, on his plate, kind of taking it off the running back's plate. Oh, I agree. It's a great point. Along with that, I think one of the keys is how the new coordinators um, acclimate themselves. Um, I, I have pretty pretty high confidence in Eck. Right. Um, he's got a pretty good track record. Um, but, you know, the, the co-defensive coordinator thing, we'll see how that works out. I'm hoping it works well. It sounds like one of them's going to be in the box, one of them's going to be down on the field. Um, and it sounds like they're looking to get a little more aggressive, which I'm excited about. Um, I know it's something that a lot of right. Jacks fans have bitch and been itching for. To help out a, an inexperienced um, defensive backfield, like you said, um, if, our, if our defensive line and linebackers can get a little more pressure on the quarterback um, and not make them kind of sit back and cover for so long, um, I think right. that'll be a that'll be a big help for us. I think. Well, I think everybody let out a little cheer when they heard that uh, Coach Stig said we were going to be putting some more pressure on, doing a little more blitz and stunting instead of running a straight up defense. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Most people thought it wouldn't happen until Stig was gone, but uh, sounds like he's going to loosen up the reins a little bit. So that's a it's a good sign, anyway. Right. Absolutely. Um, 
beyond that, I mean, looking forward into the schedule here, we got that big Minnesota game, but non-conference isn't that tough of a road to hoe. No, I mean, I especially with the amount of home games we have, I mean, it's, yeah, it's looking seven pretty good. Games. Seven home games is insane. That Drake game getting flipped, that's crazy. Anybody who got season tickets has got to be just kicking their heels all the way down the road because that's a just getting a bonus game there for the price of six is pretty sweet. Oh, exactly. I mean, three three tailgating games is unreal. And then you throw Hobo Day in early October. Like right. The month from September 7th to October 5th is unreal for Jack Everett football. So hopefully people can get out there and support them because that's a pretty awesome home home schedule there. Oh, absolutely. But as far as the schedule looks for the team with an out-of-conference schedule like this, all at home, breaking in a new quarterback, a new defensive backfield. Outside of that Minnesota game, this is going to be a lot of opportunity to really start clicking and get used to game speed before we get into that heavy Missouri Valley schedule. No, I agree. I mean, I I think it's a foregone conclusion that we're going to be 3-0 and after that. Maybe – I mean, especially against Long Island and Drake, Southern Utah might put up a fight, but I don't think they're as strong as they used to be. Um, so I think anything outside of three and one after the first four games would be going into the bye and then going into Missouri Valley would be a pretty big disappointment. One, one thing, though, that do, I, I don't think we completely discount like a Long Island University because if you look at what they did, there are transes transitioning and they are a division two school coming up to FCS but they were a good division one division two school and really when you're playing division two school it's overlooking them is just as dangerous as if we get a, a power five school overlooking you know SDSU like we went down to Nebraska or went and kicked around Kansas and then almost gave them the game back you can't just look past them they're gonna have some players if they're they were posting 10 win seasons down there so they're not going to be a joke. And Southern Utah was kind of came out of nowhere the one year and was a playoff seed. And with the big sky, how it is, you really sometimes don't really know who's going to be a real player for the season and be a real good team until they're halfway through because of how their scheduling works out and works out the year before. No, I agree. I mean, you can't look, look, look past anybody, but like I said, I think, uh, anything but three and one will be a huge, huge disappointment. So, yeah. I, and I think everybody would for sure feel that way. The only game that I could see flipping would be down the road. If Southern Utah suddenly has their hair on fire and runs through and gets a seed. But even then with where everybody expects this Jackrabbit team to be, I don't think losing to anybody at home should be something anybody's happy with. No, I agree. So going past the bye that we have on September 28th, then we start into the Missouri Valley Conference schedule, um, starting off of Southern Illinois on Hobo Day, um, and, which is scary enough because we all know how Hobo Day performances have gone. <laughs> Hobo Day. God, just win Hobo Day. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I want to go downtown afterwards and be happy during it. Yeah. I mean, I would think that we'll be okay against Southern Illinois. Um, you know, it seemed like they were getting ahead of steam for a while there, but I just, I think they're going to have more of a down year this year, in my opinion. But so I guess, yeah, I have. They're just one of those teams that can kick out a lot of points and get you in a track meet if your defense doesn't come strapped up ready to play. No, I agree. I guess I. That's the thing that that would worry me about that. Right. But I guess I, I have it marked down as a win on my my predictions anyway. Yeah. Yep. I yeah, I would I would definitely be on that on that team for that. So then we go to Youngstown, Ohio to take on the fighting Polinis. <laughs> uh, how do you how do you see that game going? Do you think they'll put up a fight? Uh we tend to have a hard time sometimes down to Youngstown if uh, memory serves properly. I don't think Youngstown's going to be anything special this year, but we just have a hard time in the Ice Castle for some reason occasionally, same as 
going down to um, Southern Illinois for some reason always gave us fits when we play there. So we should win that game, but I think it could end up being a dogfight. Um, it's Missouri Valley, you know, but I I would personally mark it down as a W. I would agree. Um, the game I'm more worried about is the following week at Indiana State. Uh, to me, it's the week before the marker game. And I feel like they're going to be kind of looking past Indiana State a little bit, looking towards NDSU at home. And I feel like Indiana State's going to be pretty solid this year. So I actually, this is the first game outside of, I mean, I'm, I'm putting down a loss for Minnesota. We'll just, we'll just leave that there uh, next week. But um, the first loss after Minnesota for me, I've got down as Indiana State, just because I think they'll be looking past uh, to the marker game. I guess what are your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna get. I think us as fans will be looking past that game. The team itself, I think, is gonna be honed in on that game, unless Indiana State doesn't come out like everybody is expecting them to this year and be a top twenty-five team, just because of how that went last year in the Dana when they had to play into overtime against those guys and they came out of nowhere. They got the same quarterback. So the team should be looking ahead too much, but at the same token, any game you have in front of the marker game, you, there's a threat of peaking past it. So, yeah, I mean, I would, it, that's a tough, that's, that's the longest road trip in the conference. Yeah. I mean, so you, you mentioned the quarterback I could, for, for me, yeah. any, any team this year that we play that has a good quarterback, I'm worried about until I see, how our defensive backfield looks just because they're so inexperienced back there. Um, right. So I guess. And we're going to be coming say what you will about Youngstown state. There's going to be a physical game. So, you know, some guys are probably going to be dinged up after that. It's going to be the midway point of the season. Not everybody's going to be healthy. Yeah. I could see that one going um, not the way we'd like it to. Right. Sure. And I mean, I, I just, I have flashbacks of Indiana state, uh, dicing us up and at home last year um, and should have right. beat us. We had to take him to overtime. That game was ridiculous. Ended up 54, 51 right. overtime. <laughs> but uh, yeah. so, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. So, I mean, that's, I guess that's fresh in my mind anyway. And as far as Indiana state goes, so I'm personally worried about that one. Hopefully they, and like you said, if, if Indiana state's doing well and they're in the top, that'll help not look past them maybe. Um, so right. hopefully that's the case. They should be a dangerous team no matter what. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know. So then we come back home and bring in the, the, old, the old bison. We play, is that is, – is we're playing – Yeah. The, we're playing somebody that game? Yeah, pretty big one there. They, um, where are they from? If I, I don't think I recognize the logo that's on there. I don't think I've ever – Well, I guess while, while we're on the topic, we should probably out you that uh, Brandon actually lives in Fargo. Is this a real team? I think it's made up. So <laughs> that's not a real place. If anybody's familiar, I mean, it'd be you living in enemy territory there. Yeah, I live. I live up here in Fargo. It's far to go. That's that's got to be. It's got to be rough. Yeah, I do what I can to uh, to fight the the hordes and masses. You know, somebody's got to hurt them, but. Heard <laughs> uh, him up. Yeah, I mean, I I drive around our, around here and I see an NDSU sign here and there, and it just irks me. I can't imagine seeing them literally everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's all over here. And give them their props. Uh, they got a rabid following. They do some things with that that I wish our athletic department would do. But um, as for the game itself, <laughs> uh. God, they lose a lot this year, but they've bounced back for the last eight years. But it's at home. I'm, I don't like making predictions on this game in particular because um, I'm superstitious about that. <laughs> but I do like our chances. It's going to be the first uh, episode of, you know, Jabori Gibbs versus Trey Lance that we're going to get to see, which I'm sure will be in, you know, six to eight part play. Right. <laughs> With all that at goes. least yeah i mean so. i guess I, I, if you don't want to predict it i'll predict it i'm gonna predict a win here i think we'll come out to play the marker game's huge um being at home 
Yeah, I guess I between you know them having a new quarterback and new head coach, I I I like our defense. I like our defense being able to um, slow down their run attack and making Trey Lance beat us. And I guess we'll see how it goes. But I I've got that one down as a W. Yeah, I feel good about that game. I'll put it that way. Um, they do lose a lot. Yeah, I, um, that's going to be a huge game. Jacks fans, go buy the. Tickets I know. I saw. Now. I saw. There's only like fi- there's only like fifteen hundred tickets left. Yeah, there shouldn't be any left. I know, but, but I, people need to get their head on and pay attention. The tick, season tickets or single game tickets have been out for half a month now. Right. Get out there, get your tickets. Yeah, don't wait for them to. I want to get them now because I remember two years ago at the Beef Bowl, I had probably 20 people ask me about, oh, where do I get tickets for the marker game? <laughs> well, you can't because they're sold out. You got to get them. Exactly. There. Don't wait. There's an old Coughlin. It's not Coughlin Alumni Stadium where you can just walk up and they'll sell tickets for everybody. You got to get your tickets now. And if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're a big Jackrabbit fan. So jump in. Get some tickets. That's right. We should get some advertising money from from the athletic department for that little <laughs> ditty there. Right. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Just being the magazine. I like it. So then we go to uh, Missouri State. After that, I would assume that that's a win. Missouri State. I mean, I've seen some track meets down there, but I've most of the time I'm really not too worried about losing there. Um, and now there's talks of them like possibly folding all together. So I don't know. I don't like their prospects of their season this year, I guess. Yeah, they're, that should be a W. That should be a W. Um, it's Missouri Valley. Things can always go haywire, but that should be a W if the guys got their game face on. I'd agree. So then we come back home. Oh, yeah. Uh, the following week against Illinois State, getting into November, might be going to look cold. Um, Illinois State should be a pretty good team this year. Um, yeah, but who can forget how well they handled the cold last time when it was real cold? I know. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, is it going to be a repeat of that? I don't know. I, I doubt that. They're supposed to be really good this year. Um, they tend to give us fits when they're good. Right. But. I, I expect a good game. I do too. I expect a game along the lines of what it was two years ago when they came up here and it was kind of a slobber. Right. Game, if I remember right. I, I actually have that one down as our third loss of the year. Just because. Really? I mean, right. it seems like one game a year we slip up at home and it's usually like when we're at the point, like say that we were only at two losses to that point, we're probably looking ahead like, oh man. We went out, we can get like a top two or three seed, and then we just slip up and end up with like an eight seed and have to face NDSU in the second round. And I just, I don't know. I've got that one down as an L anyway. <laughs> See, for me, looking at the schedule, the next game would be the one that worries me because in that five game stretch, you go Indiana State, who should be pretty good marker game that's going to be that's always a brutal battle everybody's beat up beat up after that game and then Missouri State's going to be a breather then it goes another team that's supposed to be really good Illinois State and then you're coming into Northern Iowa who had our number in the regular season the last two years that's a lot of physical games in a row and the depth is going to be tested in that game. Now I haven't checked out what Northern Iowa's schedule is leading up to that game either. If they're playing an NDSU type game right before, then that's a different story, but right. Man, that's going to be it. That's a tough road. That's a tough stretch right there. It is tough, but I mean, the nice thing about our schedule this year, and I think it factors into why we're is that all of our hard games are at home. I mean, unless you're right. unless you're talking about Indiana State, I guess if you want to call that a hard game, that one's not at home. But we get North Dakota State, Illinois State, and Northern Iowa all at home. So, I mean, that's favorable for us at least. Right, absolutely. And that's kind of the way the schedule's been for us since we've been in the Valley. It's kind of seesawed, teeter-tottered, if you will, between really favorable, really awful. Right. And this is the favorable year. Uh, or you know the rotation so 
it is very good to have them. Yeah, hopefully we can take advantage of that, I guess. Um, and then we end up, we go down to the old uh, Vermintown down there um, to go check out the new digs. Go south. I guess they got... <laughs> new digs. They're under construction. Remastering. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, the rendering looks pretty cool, I guess, but it's still going to be a tiny little stadium. I don't know. It'll be an upgrade for them, and that'll be good. Um, is what it is. They uh, they are not going to have the horses in the trenches this year. Yeah, I think that's going to be the big problem for them, too. I think that's going to be the big issue. The But they have played us really tough there for the last two, three years that we've played down there. They've all been tough games, and I picked this game out two, three years ago as the game that if we are to have something unfortunate happen down there, I'm not going to say the words, but if something unfortunate happened down there, this would be the year when you got a new quarterback who's new to that environment as a freshman. Mm -hmm. But we'll see how it goes. I think uh, I feel pretty good about that game. Yeah, I mean, like we always say, it's kind of their their Super Bowl for the year. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they're in the playoff conversation or not and if the, how much this game matters to them. But, um, yeah, I think I've got this one down as a, as a win as well, um, which that wraps up the season, which is, which is a 12-game schedule, by the way. Do you know when the last time we had a 12-game schedule was? Fun fact. Um, was that 2012? 2014. Oh. The year that we should have gone and won the championship. But 27-24, yeah, that's right. Should have, could have, would have. So, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of fun having 12 games, especially seven at home. Um, so on the prediction side of things, if you're keeping track, I've got us going 9-3. and three. Uh, which nine and two against FCS teams. Um, it's well, excuse me, Long Island University. Yeah, they're FCS, right? Yeah, they, they, that's oh, yeah, counter. it's a counter. It's counter because of transition. So yeah, so, that's so we're going nine and two against FCS. It's kind of nice to have eleven games against FCS because I mean we got that that over other teams that sometimes only have ten. Um, right. so I mean. How do you feel about that prediction? You think that's on on point? You think we're think I'm too high, too low? Uh, I'm not far off from you there. I'm thinking uh, I didn't go through game by game because I tend to be I preseason is so hard to predict that stuff, and you don't know who's going to be good, who's going to break out. But I do feel we should have a really good season at like a ten and two. Um, drop one at Minnesota and then drop one along the way that we sh- probably should have won, but end up stumbling over somebody, overlooking them, whatever the case may be. And I'm thinking if we get that, you should be a high seed, top three seed. If we go, if we go 10 and two like that. I like that. And I mean, yeah. What, what do you, th- what are you thinking for a seed? How, how high do you think we'll be? Pre- Should that happen? Ten and two. Yeah, probably a two. Two C. With that, with the, it, that stuff. So, that's going to be such a hard thing to figure out because Eastern Washington out there is got a cakewalk of a schedule. Right. They're missing all the tough teams in the Big Sky, and they're a darn good team, and they're going to be playing Jacksonville State. Will be their toughest game. They win that game, they're gonna probably be a one loss team going through. And what other teams is that gonna happen with? If Jack if Jacksonville State beats Eastern Washington and then runs the table, well they're gonna be really highly ranked. And with the out of conference we have, we're not gonna have any signature out of conference wins if we don't win the Minnesota game. So I like the ballpark of figure. I gotta hem and haw on that stuff until we get into the season. You can really pinpoint stuff, but should we have a season that's a ten and two season like I'm I'm hoping for out of the guys? Then that's uh, a top three seed for sure. I like your optimism. Keep a, I like it. Um, I'm down at nine and three. I'm kind of thinking like a five six seed range. Um, just 
at this point, I mean, with the unknown of the new quarterback, new coordinators, it's just it's tough for me to predict anything higher than that. But I would obviously, um, there's other people that think we'll we'll do just fine. Um, we'll go over some of the rankings and uh, odds and stuff that say that we should do, um, like you're saying, top two or three seeds. So I guess we'll see how it plays out. Right. You know, and looking at the Missouri Valley this year, for the conference, it's, it's going to be hard to tell. Um, I don't think Youngstown's going to be good, but I think it's going to be one of those seasons where there's two top teams in the conference, and then it's going to be just a mess. Yeah. Like it <laughs> usually is, yeah, there's just either, a bloodbath. There's either going to be a four-way tie somewhere. It's going to be either at, for third or fourth, and it's going to be a nightmare. To, it's going to be a big knot, and we're not going to know who's in, who's out. Someone's going to be mad when they don't get left out. But in the end, I think Missouri Valley probably ends up with four teams again. I don't know what the resumes are going to look like at the end, but I think four is a safe bet. I don't see there being a it being a three three selection team this year, three teams selected this year. Just because the, the the Missouri Valley is too good. Yeah. But if you look at it, if even if a bunch of teams are deserving, when you've got teams like Indiana State and say Southern Illinois has a breakout year, they're not going to get the respect and the benefit of a doubt if they're a bubble. And that's going to be long short. Yeah, I guess I, to me, I see. I'm looking at five teams in Missouri Valley. Um, I just I feel like there's a, and we can get into the preseason poll for Missouri Valley next, but I just feel like there's a clear-cut top five and bottom five, and I feel like that bottom five is going to be, I, don't know, I guess, bad enough that the top five is going to have records to get them in. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the rest of the FCS, I don't think that there's a lot of, you know, real powerful teams out there this year, so um, I guess – to me, I think it's a five-team five, five team year for Missouri Valley. I'm holding to that. Remember, this is going on. Right? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, this is all on record, man. It's going to be on the internet. <laughs> but talking about the um, preseason poll and how the Valley is going to shake out, um, I don't put a lot of stock in um, some of the national, especially the coaches poll things like that these coaches don't have time to study all these teams all the way across the country but they do know their conference so generally when i'm looking at voting and things like that i'm looking at um these conference polls in the preseason because the coaches are going to know their conference and who's coming back and what to look out for and all that stuff better than some guy out in you know california is going to oh yeah definitely and, you know, going through the preseason poll, they've got we got NDSU number one, SDSU number two, Illinois State at three. They received three first-place votes. South Dakota State received four. Um, North Dakota State got 32. And Indiana State at fourth got themselves a first-place vote. Which is somebody. surprising. It is, but if coaches aren't allowed to vote for themselves or for their own team, I could see – someone like a coach stig after what indiana state did up yeah giving him a vote for that yeah i suppose but then northern iowa south dakota youngstown state western illinois southern illinois missouri state um i don't know how do you feel about those rankings personally i think i think they're pretty spot on i guess i mean i like i just said i mean i think there's that top five um, NDSU, SDSU, Illinois State, Indiana State, and UNI. I think that's a pretty clear-cut top five, in my opinion. I just don't see right. USD, Youngstown, West Illinois, Southern Illinois, Missouri State. I don't see them having a breakout year. I mean, there there are years where you, know, you look back at the preseason poll, you're like, oh, my gosh, how did they predict, you know, Southern Illinois to be eighth, and then they ended up, you know, in the top three or something. I just – right. To me, I don't – I mean, it's so hard to tell at the beginning of the season, obviously, but I just I, – I think there's a pretty clear-cut top and bottom in this conference this year anyway. 
Yeah. Um, the only things I might have a little bit of issues with, I think um, USD is a little high, and that's taken my Jackrabbit fandom out of it. I don't, when I look at stuff like this, I try to be impartial about that as best I can. I think USD is a little high with the offensive line issues they have. Um, yeah, they got talent on, on offense, but if you can't get them a ball or they don't have anywhere to run, it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, I think Youngstown State will be a little better than them. Um, I actually think Southern Illinois might be better. Uh, their coach is kind of in the hot seat this year here, and they've been so close to getting it all together. Their offense has been so high-powered, they just haven't had that defensive push, and I think it they could catch that defensive bug a little bit this year. They could really surprise some teams. Otherwise, I'd probably have Northern Iowa. It's hard to bite the bullet on that, but I'd probably have them third just because outside of the Marshawn corporate cheers, Illinois State hasn't really done anything. And Indiana State, yeah, they've got their stud quarterback coming back, but you got to prove when you're when you're a program like that, you got to prove to me that you wasn't a one-year flash in the paint. No, I agree. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with you that how, like, there's the top two, obviously, NDSU, SDSU. There's the next tier would yep. be, like, three, four, five, which would be – you know, put them in any order, Northern Iowa, Indiana State, Illinois State. I think that's kind of the next tier. And then, like you said, maybe Youngstown and Southern Illinois after that, and then maybe USD, and then the bottom two, Western Illinois and Missouri State. But I think we both kind of agree there's kind of a top half and bottom half there. At this point, anyway, I might look pretty stupid saying that later, but I'll just go out on a limb at this point anyway, I guess. Yeah, there's usually a team. The problem with that is there's usually a team that jumps up Indiana State last. Mm, that's true. You know, and makes us all look stupid and shows us why we're just guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's why we're um, not getting paid for this. <laughs> right. That's right. No, I hear um, there's beer money in it. That's the word. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. Um, no, but, you know, Matt, if you're feeling – feeling generous i'm all about it um, <laughs> um honestly i do feel southern Illinois might actually surprise people this year i don't know if they make the playoffs but i think they could end up being a you know six and six team where they were threatening and ruined some people's season not necessarily ruin the season but give somebody a real wake-up call at some point during the year and i'm kind of glad that we'd be catching them early so is that kind of your sleeper pick maybe of them mvsc yeah, if I was going to say sleeper, yeah, I'd say that'd be my sleeper pick if I if I had to pick one. See, I was going to say, like, for a sleeper, I was going to say Indiana State, but I guess if they're fourth in the preseason poll, I don't know how that is. Well, in the ranked top 25 in yeah. a lot of places. I don't know if that's really a sleeper. I mean, and I'm not picking a sleeper to be winning the conference. I think no. that's kind of a silly premise. No, I agree. <laughs> but, yeah. But to, like to surprise you know, some people. Surprise people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll I mean I'd have to say probably Youngstown State, just being at seventh, they might pop into the top five of the conference, I guess, if they have a good year. I mean Polini, he's he's a good coach. He'll have him playing well, I think. Um yeah, I guess I'd that yeah. that'd be my sleeper pick. Yeah, I mean that's not a that's not a bad uh, sleeper pick at all. They have the capability. I just don't know if they're going to put it all together like they did on that magical run that they had back in 2016. Right, right. So, but you know, speaking of that, and you know, talking about Indiana State being ranked and all that stuff. Uh, one thing I'm personally involved in that I'm a hugely uh, large proponent of is the any given Saturday poll and if anybody out there is bored and cruising the internet on the Monday after after 12 o'clock p.m. that's at noon um, and jonesing for a little bit of fix seeing what people are saying about the Jacks saying about Missouri Valley Conference teams and just kind of want to see what the heck else is going on out there uh, I encourage you to go to anygivensaturday.com. Check out their poll. Um, it is a serious poll. It's in your, 
your Massey ratings and your Sagarin ratings. Um, and I think for like the last 15 years, it's been the most accurate poll at predicting um, playoff participants and at large bids with their rankings. And you can see guys really duke it out on there. It's a little bit like the FCS Fans Nation poll, except um, this one's a lot longer. <laughs> I guess I'll second that. It's a, it's a great site. It's a great poll. It's kind of, it's pretty nationally known as one of the better or even the best FCS polls. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, we'll just do a quick rundown of top. Just give people, I mean, preseason polls are generally not worth the paper that they're wrote on, but they are a lot of fun to talk about. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> likes to argue about the preseason polls. So Ray has has everybody. Um, number one was NDSU. Um, they had Eastern, and a lot of people vote that way because they feel, well, look at what's been happening. It's an unfortunate reality for us, but they've 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 won a lot, a lot of championships, and so they're going to get the nod there. And then Eastern Washington is who they have number two. They return a lot of players from that team that went to the semifinals, so I can understand that. Then they have number three at James Madison. Um, I think a lot of people went with them over South Dakota State just because of losing um, Taron. I mean, he's an all-timer at SDSU. You lose an all-time quarterback, you're expected to drop off. And James Madison returned something like 19 starters from a team that was in the quarterfinals. That's a lot of people. (laughs) That's a lot of guys with experience and reps. So then it goes number four. Yeah, but, I mean, they they did lose that head coach, though. So, I mean. Right. That could make a big difference. Yeah, it absolutely can. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm kind of wishy-washy on, on them being that high. It's kind of a tough situation there with them losing. If they didn't lose coaching staff, I probably would would have them at a, actually number two. But uh, then number four is that they have a, the Jacks at number four, which is showing a lot of respect for what the program's done and accomplished in the last five years, ten years here. Um, to have to lose an all-timer like Taron and still have the team be getting the respect of being number four, that's pretty awesome. And really hope – can't wait to see you guys back that up. Number five is UC Davis. They get their stud quarterback back again this year. Uh, they almost top, toppled Eastern, Eastern Washington in the playoffs. I think it was at Eastern Washington as well. Then Maine out of the CAA – Colonial Athletic Conference, Weber State, another big sky team, um, Wa- the Wofford Terriers from uh, the SoCon, Jacksonville State, which everybody's going to roll their eyes at if you have followed FCS football on because they've gotten just <laughs> whacked. Like the game we don't like to talk that didn't happen out in Virginia for us, but they've had it happen a couple times um, outside of the year that they made it to the um, national title and played the the, the hairy cows down there and then uh at 10 they have uh nickel state out of the southland conference which is a new name out of their the southland there usually that that conference for the longest time was just straight um sam houston state and nobody else so a bit of a turnover down there as far as that goes yeah, so I guess there's the top 10 on the AGS poll, which, we again, we said we highly recommend. Um, it's very well-respected. Um, I guess looking looking at the rest of the poll, just wanted to highlight some, some of the other Missouri Valley teams. Uh, they got at number 14, they got Illinois State, and then right behind them at 15, they got Northern Iowa, and then 19. So, I mean, they've got five Missouri Valley teams in the top 19, uh, which just goes to show, I mean, like everybody's kind of aware that Missouri Valley is probably the best conference in the FCS, but um, just goes to show the strength of that um, top five that we talked about that uh, we assume is going to be the top five in the MBF- MBFC anyway. Right. And, you know, really, if you break down the whole thing, um, it it shows out that there's really three power conferences in the country. And then there's a couple of middling conferences and then everybody else kind of how that breaks down you know but i don't remember if uh the caa has more or the big sky has more than the um, missouri valley i don't tend to break it down by conference that closely myself 
Yeah, I guess I didn't didn't add them up myself either. But I mean, week in and week out, the the valley. I think you ask anybody, yes, you, you hear the hero sports guys or Craig Haley talk. The Missouri Valley has been the top conference for the last decade, and it's not really close. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I would agree with you, and I mean, it's it's reflected um, in championship odds as well i guess that's kind of the next thing we can go into um the top five for the ags poll is exactly the top five that have the best odds to win the championship Um, and these (laughs) these were uh, odds released by betonline.ag so if you're looking to waste some money head over there um they've got um James Madison with the best overall odds, which at at plus two hundred, which I guess in my opinion, I might go there and see if I can bet the field versus James Madison, just because right. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in them winning the championship. But um, I was just I was surprised to see them with the best odds, even better than North Dakota State. Yeah, um, no. So. I mean, I, I hear you there, but at the same time, NDSU lost a lot, like a lot, lot. They did, but I mean, they've shown yeah, they I guess. Reload, but I, this is more of a discussion, I guess, but probably for next week. But they've shown they can reload, but this is their first year without climbing. God, there's a lot of stuff. They lost a lot, so I can see them. Yeah, knock down a peg by the by the guys who are trying to not be emotional. Right. However, they didn't get knocked on very far because James Madison plus 200 and then North Dakota State's right behind him at plus 250. So, I mean, they're neck and neck kind of 1A, 1B as uh, being the favorites for the championship. Um, Right after that, we've got Eastern Washington at plus 550 and then our Jackrabbits at plus 650. So, um, and along with that, UC Davis is also plus 650. Right there in the top four or five um, national title conversation, which is, again, like you said, after losing Terran, that's real impressive to get that kind of national respect right. um, for our program that we can, that they'll they have confidence that we can reload and be strong again. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that shows the amount of talent, how the recruiting has gone um, top to bottom where this program has been and where it's going. I mean, you, you got to feel good about that. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that, after that, they kind of jump up. Um, you know, the next one's Jacksonville State at plus 1,200. From plus 650 to plus 1,200. Um, just kind of highlight a couple of Missouri Valley teams is um, Illinois State's at plus 2,200. Northern Iowa's plus 3,300. And Indiana State's plus 3,300. So, really, they've got the top five. Um, and then there's another tier with Jacksonville State, Maine, and Weber State. But then after that, the odds get pretty high. So, I mean, there's there's only a handful of teams that they really believe can win the national title. Um, and, and SDSU is one of them. So, I mean, that's definitely something to be excited about. So, I mean, cause these are guys that, I mean, they, they don't give two craps about SDSU football. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're trying to make sure money. they cover their exactly. So, and that's where they've got SDSU. So, I mean, that's pretty good indication of where, where SDSU stands um, as far as expectations for this season. Yeah, it should be a great year. I'm really looking forward to this year. It's going to be a interesting year to see how the offense goes, how Eck calls the offense, how the defense goes, all that stuff. For sure. So one last thing we want to do before we uh, take off here is, um, I guess I don't. For those of you who don't know me, um, I'm into sports gambling. Um, and- be highlighting some of the some of the spreads um around fcs um more missouri valley centric probably um but since there's no missouri valley games this week oh excuse me there is one um there are two fcs kickoff games this weekend (laughs) um hey i haven't man i haven't bet on nfl preseason yet so i hasn't got that low yet (laughs) 
so that's good. Got that going for me. But uh, starts this so weekend. the two games, the two games this weekend: Villanova at Colgate is on Saturday at 11 a.m. And it's Colgate is favored by two in that one, and the over/under number is 36 and a half. That's an interesting game. Um, it's an interesting matchup. Yeah, I guess. You know, to me, I think I think the spread is a coin flip. Adam, I'm gonna stay away from that part of it, but I do like the under in that one. Um, Villanova is a very good defensive team, and I just feel like out the gate, both teams are gonna be a little timid. Um, I'm feeling. I mean, 36 and a half is a pretty low number for college football, but um, for entertainment purposes only, I am going to under. Under thirty six and a half. Yeah, I don't know how. Uh, you know, I mean, are we keeping track of our picks against each other for the games against the the spread, or are we? We should. We should put a put a few beers put a few beers on it. So yeah, what what do you? Uh, I mean, well, I mean, looking at that game, he, he, Villanova got banged up a lot last year. They're super defensive team, but Colgate was a defensive monster. They played in the Patriot League. For people's background on that, Patriot League only allows 30-some scholarships, if I'm, my numbers are correct. Um, but, I mean, Colgate went and beat JMU. So they're no joke, but they lost a lot from that team. Their offense is supposed to be better this year than their defense was last year. Though I think you're right in taking the under. Um I'm going to take Villanova, though, when Villanova's healthy, and they're going to be a mid-tier, I think, FCAA team this year against, even though Colgate's probably going to be a Patriot League champion, they're not going to be what they were last year. I think uh, Nova goes in there and knocks them out because <laughs> they're going to have a lot of talent on the field. There's, they've been having some good recruiting classes from what I've heard and seen, so I think they're going to gonna take it to him yeah i think if you have if you make me pick against the spread which it sounds like you are yeah. i'm gonna have to side with you there um that one's gonna be a wash because i'll also take villanova plus two um i think it's a decent bet but like i said i uh, since it's at colgate i'm probably gonna stay away from that one mm-hmm. um the other uh kickoff scs kickoff game this weekend is youngstown state versus samford at the Crampton Bowl in, Mont- in Montgomery, Alabama, um, which I haven't. Why are they playing at the Crampton Bowl instead of instead of Sanford's home field? They did the same thing with Jacksonville State last year. I think that has to do with something with something to do with the ESPN contract. Yeah, folks, this will be on ESPN. If you want to get a little bit of a primer for some SCS football, go and watch these games. Um, they should be they should be some fun ones. I don't know if they're the games I would have picked. I would have rather watched Jacksonville State and Eastern Washington, but. I don't know. I think it has to do something with the um, the ESPN contract and the Crampton Bowl itself, hmm. which I don't I mean, like. it looks like a cool stadium. But I mean, I if I was Sanford, I'd want a home game. But I guess it was only. I think I looked up. It was only like an hour and a half away, so it's not too bad. Yeah, it's a cool stadium, but Sanford's a small private school. Youngstown State is all the way up in Ohio, and. Even Jacksonville State, when they had the game there against North Carolina A&T for the kickoff game, the stands were sparse, and Jacksonville State averages over 20,000 fans a game. So this is going to look ugly. Um, I don't like it. It makes the FCS look bad. Um, having it at these away games takes away from the college atmosphere. I don't I don't like it at all, but it is what it is. So. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. I guess hopefully, hopefully Samford travels well. Right. Um, so for the spread in this one, we've got Youngstown State is um, favored by two and a half, and the total is fifty-one and a half. Um, I like uh, since you picked the spread on the first first on the last time, I'll pick the spread first this time. I'm going with Youngstown State minus two and a half. Um, that might be a little MVFC bias, but. I think Pelini will have his boys uh, ready to go for the start of the season. And like you said, I think the crowd will be not – it won't be like a true home game for them. So I'm going to go with Youngstown State minus two and a half in that one. 
Yeah. Samford, if this was a year ago, I'd probably go with Samford because they had Delvin Hodges. He won the Peyton Award. Um, He's doing things in the NFL now. He was a big-time quarterback, and they could put up points. I I think they would have put up a couple on a YSU defense that would get tired in that heat eventually. But two and a half, huh? I'll take – Yep, Youngstown favored. I'll take Sanford in the points. I think Youngstown probably wins, but it's going to be a super low-scoring game. All right. Well, Brandon's already down one. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to have to make up ground early. Yeah, I got all season to lay a whooping on you. I want to give you a head start here. Oh, gee, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Although I didn't I, – I was hoping to see some odds on Polina getting tossed, but – I didn't didn't see that posted, but maybe maybe a prop will pop that should up. Should be every game. Oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's just part of the entertainment of. I mean, that's part of the reason why I'll tune in is to watch Polini blow his gasket. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that we get to finally watch football. I'm all about that. Exactly right. All right. Well, with that, I think we'll wrap it up. Um, I think next week we'll be on again. We'll be uh, talking about uh, Jacks versus Gophers um, and some of the other week one matchups, um, especially the Missouri Valley games and then some of the big um, FBS versus FCS matchups. We like to highlight some of those as well. So I guess on behalf of the B team, um, myself and Brendan, um, as always, go big, go blue, go go Jacks. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started. Thank you.